heart. And it tells me that you want to please God. And just by you being here tonight uh, encourages me. It makes me want to be a better Christian. And I hope that you feel the same way about your brothers and sisters that anytime you get together, it, it just makes you feel better about being a Christian, being around other Christians, just being together. And you taking the time to be here is an encouragement for me, and I thank you for that. Uh, the things I'm, I'm going to discuss tonight uh, couldn't have come at a better time than following our meeting about knowing God. As Harold said many times, you know, if there's one thing we need to know and truly understand its meaning is to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior and what that means. In other words, to really know God. It would dominate our lives. It causes us to do things that we need to do. And all last week we read this verse, John, 13, John 17, verses 1 through 3. Jesus spoke these words, lifting up His eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify Your Son, that Your Son may also glorify You. As You have given Him authority over all flesh, that He should give eternal life to as many as You have given Him. And this is eternal life, that they may know You, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That really hit home to me this past week. It's, and it's been heavy on my mind about things. But any time we come together to worship or study or just have a Bible study like this, it, isn't the bottom line that it's, it's eternal life with God? That's what it's all about. It's eternal life with God. No matter what we study or what we try to do, we want to please God, and we know in order to get eternal life, we've got to please Him. So that's what it's all about. It's the bottom line. But before we get started, I'm going to pray, have a prayer with you, and, and we'll get in our subject. Please pray with me. Our holy God, we humble before You, the Almighty God. We want to know You. And we know it's through Your Word that we know You. And the things around us that we cannot excuse as we see Your power and Your creation. And we want eternal life with You, Father. And we pray that as we discuss these things tonight about raising our children, especially raising our sons, that You would help us to do things that would instill in them the need to know You. And that we would want to teach them the things that you've taught us. We have a long list of our members, Father, that need our prayers for different various things. Some are just aged, some suffering from diseases and other things. And we pray that you'd be with each one of them and give them their needs. And let us not forget the the nation in Ukraine that's under attack. We pray for be your will, Father, that the evil that is going on there would, would cease. But help those folks to understand and help us all to understand that 
we don't see the end from the beginning as you do. That you are in control of all things and that what your will is will happen. But we pray that you'd give them peace and comfort if it be your will. And help them to, especially those saints over there, to keep the faith to the end. It's through your Son we pray. Amen. I'm going to try my best to follow the format that was set out in the beginning of speaking about 30 minutes or so and then having a, a few younger men say a few comments and and uh, have a short open discussion if we have time and then uh, some comments at the end. Most of you probably know that I have a son and a daughter and they grew up right here in this congregation. They're both, they both obeyed the gospel. They both became members here. And, but at the present time, neither of them are faithful. They're not faithful Christians. My wife and I tried our best to, to be the right example to them. And we tried to have the right relationship with them and teach them how important the right relationship with God is. You may be wondering, why is this guy choosing this subject? Seems like I failed. Well, hardly a day goes by that I don't contemplate and think hard about the things I could have done better to raise my children. And I tell you, it hurts. It hurts right here. It hurts me to think about it. But I pray daily that I can still have a lasting effect on them and, and that what they were taught will come back someday. And I pray that I'll have the right influence on them and they will listen to the things that I continue to try to teach them and that God will give them time to come back. And I solicit your prayers as well on their behalf. And not only them, but any Christian that you know that that's left the faith. We, they need our prayers. And I, I solicit your prayers for them. I guess I shouldn't be surprised that our children can go astray because and God's Word teaches us many examples of godly men who raised godly, of godly fathers who raised godly men, godly sons, but their sons, sons turned away from them and from God. The judges that we're currently studying has many examples of that. But regardless of what our children do, or those that have been taught what's right to do, we have to keep on setting the right example. We have to continue to pray for them. And I'm reminded of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34 through 38. If you want to turn over there, I know you've heard it many times. Matthew chapter 10, starting at verse 34. Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be the members of his household. 
But he who loves the father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves the son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Jesus didn't come to separate family members. But it happens sometimes. And we have to do what's right regardless of what our family members do. And no matter what our spiritual family does or our physical family does, we have to keep on as individual faithful people to do what God teaches us to do. I'm reminded also of the prodigal son. He came back. He remembered his first love. And so we can't give up. God's Word is powerful. It's a sword that can pierce the heart. And it will prevail. For about the past three years or so, and especially the last six months, and even more especially since my dad passed last November, I've thought so much about how I raised my sons and how I was raised, what he did for me. And especially to those who are younger here tonight and have yet to raise sons, or maybe are raising young sons at this time. Hopefully the experiences that I've learned uh, and the thoughts that I have tonight will help you in some way to raise your sons, maybe to be uh, more faithful. And maybe I can point out some things that your fathers taught you that, that you will remember and help you along the way. You might even want to take a note or two and put it in your Bible and pull it out sometime later on. It might help you. Reflect on it someday. Most of the things I'm going to talk about are just very practical things that you've heard. We don't have time to to go through a long list, so I've just chosen a few really important things that, uh, that have stood out to me that I hope will help. Um experienced along God's way, along the way. We will look at some scriptures, but for the most part it's it's going to be practical things, good sense things. I was raised by two wonderfully godly parents. My mother and my father became Christians early in their lives and their adult lives and my dad served as the deacon for about fifteen years and for an elder in the church for about thirty five years. And my parents are truly my heroes. They really are my heroes. I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for them. I I believe that. They were both really good examples of how to live as Christians and how to teach their children how to be Christians. And they weren't perfect, and they'd be the first to tell you, but they worked hard at trying to be. One of the most important things, I think, that I've learned in raising a son or a daughter is to set the right example for them. Something for them to follow. Hardly a day goes by that I don't think about uh, things that I learned from my dad's examples. And most, most of you here tonight were raised by a good father. And I'm sure you remember things that, that your father taught you that stand out 
that helped you, that you can look up to and look back on as, as older men now. And you wanted to do what was right for him because you loved him. You wanted to do what was right by him because he taught you and, and you respected him. For those of you maybe who not, may not have had a good father, I know you wanted to have someone to look up to. And I'm sure you longed for that if, if that was not the case. Because every young man needs a good example to reflect on. There are so many lost in the sense of, well, spiritually, there's a sense of just being lost in the world, not knowing what to do. They have no direction. They don't have anyone to look up to. A lot of that's just because of the family situations in our country today. It's, it's just deteriorating rapidly. Lots of children without fathers or mothers or fathers or mothers that don't care and letting them do whatever they want to do with whatever they have. So there is a, a great need for great examples, for good examples. And a young man needs to have that to reflect on. You know, we look up to Christ for our example. The perfect example. He lived to be a perfect man. Perfect example. And we look to Him for how we should live and how we should do things. I think often about what it would be like to be perfect. Uh, I'm far from that, but uh, but it was a, a good example for us to follow. And we look up to that because He wanted to please His Father, and it makes us want to please our Father, our God, as He did. One of the things I remember when about my dad, when, when I was young, was that he took the time to teach us things. Everyday things of life. How to do things right. How to do things the right way. And dad always said, if you're going to do something, do it the right way because it's the right thing to do. And he also said, anything do it worth doing is worth doing right. And I, I've live by that. I've tried to live by that. I've, I've tried to keep it in my mind. If I'm going to do something, I might as well do it the right way. The first time. That's right, the first time. And hopefully we learn from our mistakes and at least don't do it twice the wrong way. And they've stayed with me. Those things have stayed with me to this day. Several of you have heard the example I, I used at my dad's funeral when I spoke. And Dad used to tell, used to said a lot of good examples for us, but this one stands out, and you'll see why. It, he came, my brother and I were sitting in the living room one day, and he came in all excited, and, and, and you could tell something was going on. He said, son, come out here. I've got to show you something. So we, we went out the driveway, and the lawnmower was sitting there in the driveway, and it was running, but it was just blazing. It was on fire, just fire going everywhere. Just, I can see that just perfectly today. And he said, that's what happens if you try to put gasoline in something that's running. <laughs> I assure you to this day, I will never put any fuel in anything running. And that's a fact. And I'm sure many of you have fathers that have shown you examples and, and, and set things like that in front of you that, 
told you and showed you, and, and you remember those things. And you also remember the discipline that your father gave you. Especially some of you older guys. The belt, maybe. The paddle. Whatever it took. I remember a few. I didn't get many. I deserved more than I got. But I got a few of it, and I guarantee you they were effective. That's something that today is kind of looked down upon, I think, by society, is discipline your children. Folks, if you don't discipline them, somebody's going to, and they're not going to do it the right way, I promise you, because they don't love them like you do. Sometimes our sons need the discipline that comes from the hard knocks, so to speak. So don't forget that. Don't forget that. That's, I hear a lot of young, oh, I'm not going to thank my child. I, I even knew a couple that wouldn't allow the word no in their house. Well, let me tell you something. After about six years, they changed their minds. Because them kids got so out of control that it was terror in their house. And they finally realized that God's way was the best way. And they started using no and a few other methods. Okay, so spend time with your son. Plan things to do with him. Get involved in his daily life. You need to know what he's doing. You need to know who his friends are. You need to know what they're doing as much as you possibly can. And the more things you can do with him and do together, the more opportunities you have to teach him right from wrong. And speaking from right, speaking of right from wrong, I remember, or just let me pause here to say that when you make a mistake, if you do something wrong, especially if it involves your son, let him see your mistake. Let him know that you can make mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. He's going to make a lot of them. But the main thing is that he needs to see that you're sorry about it. Tell him you're sorry. Ask him to forgive you. Don't let pride get in the way of, of correcting something that's wrong. And when, especially when it's from you. Your son, as I said, is going to make many mistakes on his own. And, and he needs to understand that whatever that is, it needs to be corrected. And he needs to learn from it and then move on. Because we all make mistakes. A good example. Showing a son what to do. It does a lot more than just telling him what to do. You know, men want to follow leaders Leaders that are out front showing them what to do. They don't want somebody telling them what to do and they stay behind. They want to see it. And they, a much more effective leader is one who leads by example and not just by word of mouth. We need to be the head of our households. And we need to lead in, lead in a way that's always standing for what's right 
And we need to teach our sons to become leaders. So to sum it up, I'm just going to say that we need to be a good leader and a good example for our sons to follow. And naturally our daughters as well. But the title is, is Raising Sons. So, But our children, we need to be a leader and we need to set examples for them. And I promise you that will go miles and miles and miles to help them. It did me. And don't let me forget, while I'm talking about leaders, I remember, I'm reminded of how my mom always looked up to my dad for what he was, for trying to make godly decisions, the right decisions for our family, and that he was in charge, and she respected him for that role. And I also remember that dad respected mom and lifted her up in the home for her role and for helping discipline in the family. So let your sons see the respect that you have for their mother. They need to see that. And we, we need to teach our sons how to teach, how to, how to treat women, all women, but especially their wives. They need to know that. And all this comes from God. Every bit of it comes from God's Word. And my second point is, and probably the most important thing to teach your son is, as I said, it couldn't be more timely, but that is to know who God really is and the importance of having the right relationship with Him. We studied all last week this is eternal life to know the one true living God and Jesus Christ His Son. It's eternal life. So take the time when you're, when you're doing things with your son to talk about things around, around you that show God to him. Especially in creation. Things that at an early age he might not think about. Um... But they're powerful. Things that, are, that uh, just stand out in creation. Like, for instance, the smallest flower that you can find and come upon and how integral its parts are and how unusual and beautiful it is and, and how unique it is. Pick it up and, and examine it closely and notice how unique it is. And point those things out. How perfect it is and then how unique it is. And how some plants freeze during the winter and some plants don't. You ever think about that? And how some plants grow in the middle of a hot highway when it's 110 degrees outside. Amazing. Or when there's no water in the middle of a desert. Or, uh, or just a rose. Just stop and smell the rose, so to speak. A beautiful rose. Take time to look at various insects. They amaze me. They, how complex they are, how they work together, how you, each one is so unique. Uh, maybe go somewhere on a clear night where 
where it's dark and you can see all the stars and and uh, reflect with your son on how many stars and planets there are out there and and uh, and that God placed this planet just in the right place so that we could live here and what that really entails. I mean, it's well, there's a lot to that. We sure don't have time to discuss it all, but. You know, if we were just a little closer, a little further away, we couldn't live here from the sun. Um, and maybe take out your phone at that time and look at look up a Bible app and read about creation at that point. And think about the vastness of it. And point point out at that time that God tells us in Romans. Chapter 1, verse 20, that we don't have an excuse. There is no excuse for a human being to say there is no God or not believe in a God. Because His evidence is everywhere. As a result of His creation and His power that we see every day. So every chance you get, if you're in the woods or you're in the middle of the ocean or you're on the mountains or Maybe you're standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon looking out over that vast canyon and take that opportunity to observe that God created it. And that that was formed because of most likely the flood, but we don't know for sure. But most likely something that is definitely something that God caused to happen because He created it all. And there are just so many amazing things you can look at in in um, creation that use those as tools to teach your son as they're growing up. You know, it, it it impresses them. I've always loved nature myself and I think a lot of that has to do with the way Dad taught us. He took the time out to, to go to the woods with us and he had a love for animals. And uh, he would take us out and we'd shoot guns and hunt and fish and, and spend time with animals and things like that. And, and I... I remember those things, and I think that's a lot of why I like being in the woods and enjoying those things. And my son, Jared, he lives up in the North Dallas area right now, but he, he has a few friends, and they like to hunt. So we we got a hunting lease out here near St. Augustine. And uh, for about the past four years, we go out there during hunting season, and through the years, we've got a nice little camp out there where we can spend time together. And... Uh, and it gives me a it gives me opportunity to point out things to him and, and spend more time with him and that's that's mainly the reason I do it. Uh, gives me the opportunity to show him things about creation. We were we were out there not long ago and we were looking at the stars and I, I just I said, You know, God created all this. I, said, I know. And I could tell by his remarks and the things he says that he knows what's right. And uh, he he knows what the right thing is to do. And those kind of things keep bringing it back to him. And so I hope that someday that he will come back to God. And God's created earth as just something that you just have to take time to notice it. To really see its magnificence. Because it just shouts out God. It's just everywhere. You can't deny it.
So take every time, every opportunity you get, take that opportunity, and even make opportunities to spend time showing your son the magnificence of God's creation. It'll go a long way. Take out your Bibles, if you wouldn't, turn to uh, Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs is full of, of good wisdom on teaching and raising children, different things like that, but... Proverbs chapter 3, we'll read a few verses here, starting in verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Look at verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And make your path straight, and and he will make your your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Look at verse eleven. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves. Even as the father corrects the son in whom whom he delights. And then let's look at. Turn over to one page. So to chapter 4, Proverbs chapter 4. And we're going to read this proverb. You younger guys especially, listen to these words. Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father, and give attention that you may gain understanding. For I give you sound teaching. Do not abandon my instruction. When I was a son to my father, tender and the only son in, in the sight of my mother, then he taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Acquire wisdom. Acquire understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will guard you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom and with all your acquiring, get understanding. Prize her and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place you on your head a garland as grace. She will present you with a crown of beauty. Hear, my son, and accept my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. I have directed you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in the upright paths. When you walk, your steps will, be, will not be impeded, and if you run, you will not stumble. Take hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not proceed in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Do not pass by it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they do evil. And they are robbed of sleep unless they make some, someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to choose, for they are life to those who, who find them and help to all their body. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put devious speech far from you. Let your eyes look directly ahead and let, you, let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. 
Watch the path of your feet, and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right nor nor to the left. Turn your foot from evil. Younger men especially, what this is saying is that father, follow your, follow your father's instructions. Listen to your fathers, and God is your father as well. But listen to your earthly fathers as they instruct you in wisdom. They can not only lead you in the right way, but keep you from having to go through a lot of things maybe they went through that weren't right. And these Scriptures show that it's so important to have wisdom. That's why we have to study it so much. Is the wisdom is knowing God and the knowledge that we get from it. And, and we know it all comes from God and His Word. The real wisdom and knowledge that we need. And His Word tells us from the very beginning, very beginning to the end how important it is to teach our sons the Word to teach them never to forget it. I know that most of you here probably uh, have said, heard it said over and over that uh, we need to read and study God's Word at home with our children. And the Scriptures emphasize that a lot. It's, and the reason is because it's so important. The world's not going to teach them. So we need to teach them the importance of God's Word and what it teaches about keeping His Word and them holding it for what it is, the truth. They want the truth. That's the truth. And to really get to know God and what He is and who He is and His characteristics and what He expects of us in order to see examples of what happens if we don't respect Him, and keep His Word. Our sons must know what God's Word is. And they must know who God is. They have to be able to see the importance of God's Word. And they have to know, know it to see it's important. So fathers and fathers-to-be, the one thing I cannot stress to you too much is to study God's Word at home. Take time with your children to teach them the truth, to let them see for themselves what the truth is, that it comes right out of God's Word so that they can be grounded in the truth so that when they leave, they'll know what the truth is at least. And also remember God's instructions for you. Because you're going to be judged by it someday. He's telling us like, it's, like it is. He's telling us what's going to happen. But if we don't listen to it, it's not going to change anything. We're still going to be judged by it. And I know these are serious things. These are serious thoughts. And, and I meant for them to be hoping that, that maybe something will sink in that will help us. But looking back at raising my son, this is this is one area that I think stands out the most to me. I didn't spend enough time at home reading God's Word to my kids. 
don't let your kids leave your house without knowing God. It's your responsibility. And it's the power of salvation. I remember also growing up that there was never a doubt whether or not we would attend church services. If the congregation where we were at was, if the doors were open for some worship service or meeting or whatever it might be, we were going to be there if at all possible. So there wasn't a Question. We knew what was going to happen Sunday, Wednesday, or whatever. If there was a meeting coming up, so teach your sons that that church, and we know what that means. Church should be a very important part of his life. Teach him that the saints, if the saints are meeting together for whatever reason it may be, especially worship services, he needs to be there if at all possible. That's the attitude we all need to have. Sometimes we can't make it, but the attitude we should have is that we want to be there and we're going to be there if we can. Because whether you realize it or not, or whether they realize it or not, they need it. We all need it. We need each other. So get your sons involved in worship service. Get them, uh, if there's training classes, get them involved in training classes. If, there, if he has a special talent, Help him develop that talent. Uh, you know, if he's a good speaker or, or a song leader, whatever it may be, uh, help him in developing that talent. Help him to see that God expects him to use his talents. If he has talents, God expects him to use it. Use the, the parable of the talents. And we're all given different talents. So just because he doesn't have it doesn't mean he's not important. But if he has those, help him use those. Help him to learn to serve. It helps him to feel uh, more a part of the church. And teach him that the church is God's family and that it's his spiritual family and his extended family on earth. It's people that he can count on for the rest of his life, whether he's living, wherever he's living, or from all over the world. There are Christians out there that he can count on to go to that will help him. And that's something he can't give for the world. And the church is the church is our stronghold for God here on this earth. It's our it's our fort. And we need to use it. Emphasize your son to how you know most people outside the church, they're really not your friends when it comes to trying to be a Christian. You know, that that's just the fact. They're just really not. Uh they're not mostly interested in helping you to be a Christian, or they would be one themselves. You know, again, as an example, uh, we studying about the Israelites conquering Canaan, and God commanded the Israelites not to befriend or intermarry or have treaties with all these ungodly Canaanites, and and they found out the hard way, and they did it, and it became a hindrance to the Israelites and to them serving God. This kind of brings us to the last thing I'd like to say about suggestions to fathers. Uh, 
be involved in knowing, knowing your son's friends, especially his girlfriends. Try to get to know them. Discuss in detail how important it is for them to have friends that and dates who will help them to be Christians. You can't start that too early. There's a lot of pressure. A lot of peer pressure. Uh, do everything you can to instill in him how important it is to marry a Christian. For you younger guys that not even thinking about getting married right now, but you need a wife, if you choose to marry, you need a wife that's going to help you raise your sons and help you get to heaven. Help you be the Christian you need to be. Help you be the leader you need to be. I can tell you from experience, again, I did not give enough attention to this when, I, when my children were at home. I had good children. But I wasn't involved as much as I should have been, I don't think. Uh, and as a result of that, neither one of them married a Christian. Maybe not as a result of that, but it may have something to do with it. Um, they both have really good spouses, good moral spouses, and, and I love them. But they're not Christians, and it's a hindrance to them today from being faithful. So young men, you want a wife that will be someone to help you get to heaven. And remember, this is eternal life. To know God and keep His commandments. Eternal life. Well, these are just a few things. They're very important things that I've learned and hopefully help you, but we could spend hours on this subject. You know, there are so many of you that, that have done such a good job. And the bottom line is, as parents, we need to do anything and everything we can to, to help our kids understand that. Some of you don't know B. D. Bowman, but many of you do. To help our kids understand that, as D. would say, if we miss heaven, we dismiss all there is. If you miss heaven, there isn't anything else. Not anything else you want, that's for sure. I've asked a few of the younger guys now to... Uh, uh, is Wade here? Wade didn't make it tonight. He didn't tell me. Ian, you have a few things that... Uh, hold on just a second. Can you turn this on, Josh? I want everybody to be able to hear these comments, so... Speak into that, and y'all just pass that around if you would. I've asked them to to speak on a few comments that that they've recognized that their dads have helped them with growing up, whether it's just physical, just everyday life, or being spiritual. So, go ahead. I think that um, one of the things my dad did for me was he um, he definitely led by example and has led by example. And he continues to be someone who I, uh, I strive to emulate in my everyday life. Um, from a young age, he set, he set expectations and standards for me that from the Word of God, and I just don't want to, I never want to disappoint him, and I definitely don't want to disappoint God. And of course, he disciplined me when it was necessary. So, 
Good. Pass that over to Garrett. Uh, one thing uh, in particular, like Mr. Jerry was saying, was uh, uh, going just being outside, being in creation, has always been a, a big thing that he's like to take us out doing. You know, he grew, took us in the deer stand, going hunting with him, and he always talked about, you know, just watching the woods come alive and, you know, and we know and he knows and he's told us that all that is what God's made, you know, and so that's certainly something he's instilled in us is just, you know, having that connection with God out in the outdoors. And then uh, another thing was just growing up, family prayer was a big thing, you know, and it still is. And he asks, he doesn't, it's not just him that leads the family prayers, but he asks us to as well, you know, and so that's really a good thing that helps grow the relationship with the Lord and, you know. Those are good things. Hand that Carter. Um, one thing that Dad's helped me and guided me with is he helped me make the decision to be baptized and he's taught me a lot spiritually as I've grown up and stuff and he's just been a good influence and a good leader with spiritual things and then he's helped us physically throughout our throughout my life at least uh to learn how to work hard and that things don't come without working for them and giving a little effort and he's helped us with our projects and just things around the house and taught us how to build and just do things and he's also taken us out in the woods and we've had good spiritual talks in the deer stand before as we've hunted it's not every hunt but about every year there's there's times where we'll talk about things and just look at creation and stuff. That's good. Elias, could you get that and say a few things? Y'all remember these things. Try to remember these things because you're going to have sons one day most likely and remember what your dad did for you. It goes a long way. Go ahead. Um, One of the important things right now that we do as a family that I like is several nights a week we'll have like uh, just a family Bible study. We all go and read the um, week's um, scripture reading, and I like that. And I like the connectedness around reading the Bible, and that's one thing that helps me. And I guess another thing is that, um, like physically, is that he's made me figure out stuff on my own sometimes and I've had to learn from my own mistakes from him letting me do something on my own and that's that's also helped me a lot it's because I learned from my own mistakes and yeah I don't see anyone else that I've talked to have asked is anyone else any younger other guys, younger guys have something you'd you'd like to say maybe share with us about Something your dad's done for you or something you remember? Yeah. 
Um, I think that as children, as we're trying to um, emulate and uh, pursue the path that our fathers took, if our father never shows, hey, this is where I fell, this is where I came up short, then we're going to have a really, really hard time living up to the expectations that the father has. So as a father expressing and showing, hey, you know, this is something that I struggle with, being upfront and honest, that like, whether that's an emotional thing, like I'm, I get anxious sometimes, or um, I'm a little short on my temper, um, so that way your child looks at you as like, okay, you're not somebody who's just constantly putting on a face, you are a human, and then I feel that I actually can uh, learn from what you are showing me because you have actually experienced not necessarily, you're just telling me this because this is what's the socially acceptable thing to do. Very good. Very good thoughts. Very good points. Anyone else? Any of you, you men? Yeah, Ronnie? Well, I could say some positive things, but it is so, it's imperative that a father be in his place. We have, you know, we have cultures without fathers that it makes a problem for the whole, the whole culture. Uh, years ago, there was a family here and the father left when this young man was two years old. And the father, he, he's not a good person, but that, that kid attached himself to me. And me and his mother, we had him for 10 years. And he went hunting with me, he spent the night with me, he did everything. But he wanted a daddy. He, when he was three years old, he said, are you my daddy? And I told Carrie, I said, what did I tell him? <laughs> but when he turned, his daddy just was tugging at his heart. And that when he turned 12, he had a choice. The, the court gave him a choice and no matter what we did, he went to live with his daddy, and he is nowhere close to God right now. You have to be in place. We do, and our young men need that example. So our young, our children need that example more than anything else. Anyone else? Joe's gonna. I've asked Joe to close us out tonight. He can just stay right there and talk if he wants to. Did he say come up there? No. no. Oh, okay. Just talk into that. All right. Just hang on. Okay. All right. Some of the things I had uh, had written down about uh, raising boys, and that's what you asked me to speak yeah. to. Uh, number one, I said choose their friends. Uh, don't tell them that you, you're choosing for them, but but you be a big part of who their friends are and know who their friends are. And if they don't have the right ones, there are ways to break that up. And uh, Sandy and I did that over a couple of occasions. That, um, a girlfriend that wasn't quite what she should have been, we put them on a two-week house arrest, <laughs> and two weeks later, he had another friend, <laughs> and uh, and it wasn't, you know, one of my boys. So uh, choose their friends and make sure they're Christians. Have them associate with Christians, and if you associate with Christians, they will associate with Christians. And we were real lucky in that, and we had the Beamans and Ramses and, and uh, you know, the Hancocks and had 
kids that were similar in age, and those are the ones that uh, you know that we had uh, a lot of get-togethers with. So be sure that they have uh, opportunities to make friends with uh, uh, you know with Christians. Bible study. That's a <laughs> most important of all of these. But you can get away from that. And, you know, we were all involved in sports and stock shows, and it was always a back to. Let's get back to. But be sure, you know, if you do fall away, you get back to. And uh, make that the number one priority, that they have got to have uh, that Bible study. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> you got to look for opportunities to teach. And we were always traveling. And a lot of times, you know, we were late getting home. and uh, So we would do that then, you know, on our trips. Is, uh, talk, and talk about things that they need to hear, uh, you know, that address some of the faults that they might have. Um, teach them to work. I mean... Not just piddly work, but work and work hard. The girls in our family, Mike's girls, they work, they haul hay, they, they worked in the garden, they did everything that the, the boys did. So just because one's feminine does not mean that you can't teach them to work. And sweat never hurt one of them, and they all grew up to be, you know, good kids. Uh, <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, and then the other thing is doing for others. You got to find opportunities. And that was one of the things that uh, our father taught us to do. He, he found opportunities to help widows. And uh, I can remember on one morning it was uh, below freezing. And there was an old widow that uh, didn't have any water. And we went up there and spent half a day getting her water back on. And, you know, I, I hated it at the time. <laughs> I didn't like that. But I, I look back on that as uh, the value that uh, that kind of work it, uh, uh, had on us. So, you know, you just got to look for things that I think develop character in your kids. And um, they get older, they'll still be doing them. Thank you. And some of the things you guys have said are some of the things, like I said, that I've learned from experience that, that I lacked in. And don't let that happen to you. Don't let your kids leave your house without knowing God. Let's pray. Our holy God, we are so humble before you, thanking you for life itself and for each one here this evening, we pray that thoughts have come into our head that's helped us to be better Christians. We pray for our children, Father, that they will raise up to know You, that we can be a big part in that and help them to whatever way we can to know You and obey Your commands. Because we all want to have eternal life. We want our children to have eternal life. We want to have eternal life. And we want as many people as, as we can influence to have eternal life. And it's all in doing what's right. We pray that you would help us. 
you would support us in doing those things and, and help us to have the right influence on our children. For those who have gone away, we pray that you would give them time to come back. We pray that we would never cease praying for them. But we don't know what might happen in the future. And we don't know your providence in all things. We're not even sure that one of us may have be Christians today because of some prayer offered on our behalf. But if that's the case, we're very thankful for it. We thank you for being our God. We pray that you would continue to be with us and help us to be the men that we need to be, especially to be leaders in the congregation and at home to our loved children and those around us. And when we fail you, Father, help us to get back up and just keep doing what's right. And through your Son we pray. Amen.